If you go to 1 Corinthians 12, please, we've been talking for a few weeks now about the things of the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, the things of the Holy Spirit. I know that's broad, but that is the language, that's the, uh, the very words used in the text. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, and I'm going to read this again, we'll put this in the Young's literal translation. He said, concerning the spiritual things, brethren, I do not wish you to be ignorant. Now, we can take the anointed, inspired Word of God as God speaking directly to us. And so we should take this like the Lord himself said to us, I want you to know about this. I don't want you ignorant of this. I don't want you confused. I want you to know about it. So if he wants you to know, how about you? You want you to know? I don't want you to be ignorant. And so for this next three chapters, he is talking in detail about these things, 12, 13, and 14. Verse 2, you've known that you were nations unto the uh, dumb idols as you were led, being carried away. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no one in the Spirit of God speaking says Jesus is anathema or accursed, and no one is able to say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Like we've said before, two big indicators that something is a real, a genuine manifestation of the Holy Spirit. One, it'll glorify Jesus and draw attention to Him. And two, it will benefit the body. It'll benefit people. Keep going. There are diversities of gifts and the same Spirit. Now, diversities, we'd probably say today, differences. There's different kinds of gifts, different gifts. But it's the same Holy Spirit. And there are diversities of ministrations, or we might use the word ministries. There are different ministries, but it's the same Lord, Jesus, who is the head of the church. And he goes on to say, there are diversities of workings. And it is the same God who is working the all in all. Now, in the King James, uh, I believe that the, the word operation is used here. And I say that because we'll be looking at this some more tonight, I think. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. And so in the literal, it, instead of using operations, it just used the word workings again. So he talks about gifts and the Holy Spirit ministries and the Lord Jesus, the head of the church, operations or workings and God, the Father. Keep reading. But the manifestation, now here he refers to all that the Spirit does as a manifestation. Not everything in this chapter is a gift, but it could be referred to as a manifestation. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, this is something that I don't think most of the church either knows 
or has heard but decided not to believe. The gifts and manifestations of the Spirit that he's about to refer to, nine of them, all supernatural, all amazing, they are not for a handful of preachers or extremely spiritual people. (laughs) They are for every child of God. Every believer can and should, is supposed to have manifestations of the Holy Spirit in their life. And uh, the reason why, why would the Lord say, I don't want you ignorant about this. Why would he even say it that way or bring it up? Because he knew that these things could be lost and would be lost in many cases because people don't preach on them, they don't teach on them, they don't talk about them, they don't believe in them. And even some people that do on paper believe in it, they don't expect it for themselves personally. They believe, well, yeah, maybe some you know, really anointed ministers, men and women, they get used in some of these things. Said out loud, the manifestation, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given given. to who? Who? Every man. Now he's talking, man refers to mankind. You got male men and female men. Given to every man to profit withal. Every part of the body of Christ, every believer is supposed to be born of the Spirit and filled with the Spirit Speaking in tongues, yes, you heard me, every believer can and should speak in tongues, and that's the beginning. That's not the ultimate experience, that's the beginning, the doorway into these others. They're all supernatural, they're all amazing, they're all the work of the Holy Spirit. They don't manifest the same in everybody's life, they're different in different individuals. But we should have something, not nothing. Y'all with me, friends? And the key to it is not waiting on the Lord until He decides to do something. It is according to as the Spirit wills, but He wills every day. But he doesn't always have somebody that's aware or willing to yield to him. And so the big key is learning how to identify him, the Holy Spirit, and learning how to yield to him when he prompts you. Yielding to the Spirit means acting on the promptings of the Spirit. He won't make you do anything. If you ever hear somebody say, well, the Lord made me do it, that's an untrue statement by nature of who he is, even if it was his will for you to do it, and if it was his plan for you to do it, you don't have to do it. You can say no and live and die and never do it, and, you know, and he, he won't make you do it. I had a fellow try to get in my face one day, he said, I want you to know you know, and he almost cussed. You know, he said, God gets ready for you to do something. He, you're going to do it. I said, you're wrong. 
No, 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 no. If God was going to make anybody do anything, he'd make people get saved. So they miss hell. Right? I mean, that'd be the thing. And if he's not going to make everybody receive Jesus and be saved, he's certainly not going to force them to do other lesser important things of lesser significance. No, what you're getting into now is one of the two biggest distinguishing characteristics of God and the enemy. The enemy will try to force you. God will not. The enemy will try to drive you and manipulate you. And this is one way you can identify temptation. It's a push. Now I know you've experienced it. I don't even have to ask you. Everybody has been tempted to do wrong things and everybody at some place has yielded to the temptation. Elsewise, we could say you had never sinned. And there's nobody here can say that. We've all sinned. At some point, sometime, came short. That means you yielded to temptation and the temptation is a push. And it, and it can be, and it is, tormenting and vexing, a push, a push. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And if the enemy can, he will try to force you, push you through, you know, persistence and through pressure. The Holy Spirit, never. He is the spirit of peace. He will lead you if you'll follow. Jesus is not the good cowboy. The cowboy drives the herd. He's the what? Good shepherd. What does the shepherd do? Calls the sheep by name and says, come on. Come on, Tom. Come on, Susie. Come on, Joe. Come on, Billy. Come on. What if you don't want to follow? You don't have to. What if it costs you big things in your life? Then it'll cost you. He won't make you. But if you had some smarts, <laughs> if you were aware and had some smarts, you'd say like the psalmist David, my soul follows hard after thee. What does that mean? That means close and tight. In other words, if the Lord stops real quick, you're going to run into his back. Go, oh, sorry, Lord, didn't know he's going to stop. But rebellious, independent little sheep who follow afar off or who choose not to follow at all are also known as lion lunch. <laughs> or wolf lunch because the Bible compares the enemy to a predator who picks off the stragglers <laughs> and that's not in my notes anywhere <laughs> let's keep going the manifestation of the spirit is given to who? every man, every man. to profit with all are you supposed to have some of these manifestations that he's about to number off Itemize. For to one is given by the Spirit 
the word of wisdom, not the gift of wisdom. Now, if you aren't with us and you think, well, why do you say that? You need to go back and listen to the earlier messages because I don't have time to go through all of that again right now. To one's given the word of wisdom. And I actually, uh, other tramp, put it back in the uh, Young's literal. It says a word of wisdom is actually more accurate. A word of wisdom. And to another, a word of knowledge. This is not about being real smart or being real wise. It's not something you develop in. It's not something you generate. It's a supernatural manifestation of God's knowledge to you. He knows everything. He's not going to tell you everything he knows. He's not even going to give you a book of knowledge. He's going to give you a word about a specific thing because that's probably about all we could handle at the time. Or a word of his wisdom. His wisdom includes uh, revelation about the future and about his plan and purpose. Also, it says, according to the same spirit, verse 9, to another faith in the same spirit. This is different from what the Bible refers to as common faith. Faith that comes by hearing the word just as a regular way of life. This is beyond that. God can give you beyond your normal faith a deposit, a manifestation of his faith. We've talked about that. All of it's his faith. But um, how many understand he has a lot of faith? No, you didn't hear that. (laughs) You talk about faith. Look up in the night sky. All of that was created by God's faith. He conceived it within himself. He believed it to come into being and he spoke it into existence. Now, you might say, that's amazing. It is amazing, but you are his child, made in his likeness and image, and you function just like he does, just on a different level. You're not ready to create planets, (laughs) but it doesn't mean you're not supposed to be doing the same thing. The scripture says we are to imitate God as his dear children. How did you get born again? Come on, help me out. How did you get born? Anybody know? According to the scripture, you believed in your heart and you spoke with your mouth. Does that sound familiar? You believed the gospel that you heard and you spoke with your mouth and received and confessed Jesus as your Lord and a creative miracle happened. You weren't healed spiritually. You were recreated. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus, a spirit reborn, remade in the likeness and image of God who will never die, who's in the eternal family of God. That is a creative miracle. It's an amazing thing, and your faith was involved in that happening. So why should it be a thing thought strange that after that, why would it be thought strange if we speak to our children for them to be healed, speak over our finances for them to be changed? If a storm's trying to bear down on our house and property, speak against it and command it to stop. 
Did I lose somebody? Speak. Something's trying to harass you and bother you. The Bible said resist the devil. How do you do that? You use the authority you've been given in the name of Jesus. Command it to stop. Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. People try to rewrite that and say, no, it's what God does in heaven. No, no, he said, no, it's you. What, what you do on earth, he'll back you up. Something shouldn't be operating. You need to shut it down. You need to believe in your heart. You need to say with your mouth. I command this to stop. I'm not talking about speaking to people. The problem is not flesh and blood. It's spirit. But when you see things happening. that And there's pushing. And there's pressure. And there's strife. And there's destruction. And stealing. And killing. And destroying. You don't have to have a vision. To know the enemies involved. You see the fruit of it. And you don't have authority in everybody's life, but if it's affecting your life and your ministry and your family, stand up, command it to stop in Jesus' name. Bind it up, forbid it to operate. You're using faith. And there are situations where you can come to the end of the faith that you're developed so far, it just looks too big to you at the time. But there are cases where the Lord will just give you an extra shot of his faith. It's a gift of faith. Some translations call it special faith. And, and you go from feeling hopeless to feeling 20 foot tall, just like that. And you speak the word and it happens. Should we, the Bible said, covet earnestly the best gifts. Should we be earnestly desiring these things? That's one reason I'm talking about them. Because when you start talking about something, it stirs your hunger. It stirs your desire. It feeds it. Keep reading. To another, gifts of healings in the same spirit. And we talked about that, I believe it was last Friday. And to another, in workings of mighty deeds. So that's where we are in our list thus far in teaching. And I took several minutes to get here. But I thought we needed it. You got to remember, we always have new people. And it would be, it'd be kind of rude to just jump in and not even try to help folk find out where we are. So if, if you ever find yourself thinking, I already heard that, Brother Keith. You told me that six times already. Well, you're not the only one here. Besides <laughs> that, reckon it hurts you to hear it again. So many times you'll find out that um, uh, you, you didn't hear some things that first time, but that sixth time it clicked for you and you got it. I actually taught a lot of these same truths. Ten years ago, here at the church, and uh, the, um, the title is, what was it, Hungry for the Holy Spirit, Hungry for the Holy Spirit. That series available online, and uh, of course, we'll, you will never cover it exactly the same twice, so if you're really interested in this, take advantage of that. It won't cost you anything. Hungry for the Holy Spirit. Go to the website, and you can watch it, listen to it, whatever you want to do, because of the word supply. It's available. Word supply is well supplied. 
so you can uh, you can get it. Let's talk some about the inworkings of mighty deeds. The King James calls that the working of miracles, and you can see why I like the uh, Young's literal because it words it a little differently, doesn't it? Uh, in workings plural of mighty deeds plural. Working of miracles, in workings of mighty deeds. The, uh, the words literally mean workings is that same word that I mentioned earlier. What was it back up in verse 6 or so? Talking about that there are diversities of operation or workings, but it's the same God. That's the same word here. Workings. And the word for miracle is the word for sign, wonder. Our wonder also just means wonderful thing. Wonders, the root word of wonderful. And it has to do with force and power. Three of the manifestations of the Spirit reveal something. Three of the manifestations of the Spirit say something, their utterance. And three of the manifestations of the Spirit do something. They are, we could call them, the power manifestations. And that is special faith, workings of miracles, and gifts of healings. Well, obviously, there's power involved in every one of these. Anybody interested in the power of God? You know, Paul said to the church at Corinth, he said, when I came to you, I didn't come, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, with elaborate uh, vocabulary and, and words because I wanted your faith to not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Do you have faith, not just in the doctrine of your church or your parents, do you have faith in the actual power of God? I think you know the right answer, but the, the reality is the scripture warned that there would come a time when there would be people who would have a form of godliness, but they'd do what? They would deny the power. The power scares people. It scares people. Because it is manifestations in our realm from another dimension. You just say that, and a lot of times you lost people. They're like, huh? What? It is manifestation of beings who are not terrestrial. They're not of earth. Somebody said, is there, you think there's life out there? You better believe it. (laughs) But not like a lot of science fiction stuff supposes. There are cherubim, seraphim. There are fallen spirits. There are evil spirits. There is the Holy Spirit of God. There's God the Father. He's not human. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is a person. But he's not confined to one form. Somebody say, wow. (laughs) He can manifest, he, 
Jesus used the personal pronoun he to describe him repeatedly. Somebody said, well, maybe it's a her. Jesus said him. Why don't you just stay with what he said? <laughs> You're not going to lose anything by agreeing with Jesus. Him. He can manifest in a bodily shape as a dove. But he's not a dove. He can manifest as wind. Strong, mighty wind on the day of Pentecost. He can manifest as cloud or smoke-like. And with our minds, we, we find, you know, you, you have to do an adjustment to think that's a person. Right. You saw a bunch of smoke and fog, and it's a person. That's right. But he is. Yeah. That's right. He hovered over the face of this pitch black planet before it was formed and the continents formed and our star was born. And when God spoke into the darkness, he was the one that moved in power. He manifested the power that ignited stars. That's right. right. (laughs) And caused continents to rise and oceans to find their boundaries. Have you read Genesis? So when you're talking about power, you look in the dictionary, God's picture should be right there. Is that right? Because nobody knows more about power or has more power than he. The scripture says, all things are upheld by the word of his power or the power of his word. What does that mean? We have no idea. <laughs> How much power does it take to keep earth's core molten and gravity working? How much power does it take to keep our sun, our star, burning? How much power? And it's just one of billions. What is keeping all of this going? According to the Word, it emanates from a place, the throne of the Almighty. Oh, my He claims you as his child. And you will be received past this life right into his presence because of your faith in his son, because of accepting the one he sent. But our bodies in their current conditions cannot even get close to him. He is so powerful. Mortal humans cannot even see him and continue to exist physically. That's what kind of power we're talking about. Which is why this body is going to be changed. It's going to be, have you read 1 Corinthians 15? How many know I'm not making this up? I'm I'm quoting scripture. 
This mortal will become immortal. This corruptible will become incorruptible. Then you'll have a frame, a house for your spirit that can handle this contact and live in this environment. And the new heavens and the new earth, the new Jerusalem doesn't even need a sun. Doesn't even need a star. Why? Because the Lamb is the light. And so past this life, you'll never get another S-U-N tan. But you might get an S-O-N tan. And that won't hurt you. (laughs) Why, Why am I talking about this? Because if you don't believe in miracles, then you don't believe in God. And you're not saved. And you're not okay. You're in danger of leaving this life lost. The virgin birth is a miracle. You can't explain it. The bodily, physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead after they crucified him is a miracle. If you, and, and I hear people say, you know, people who are claim to be intellectuals, they say, well, you know, those are, you know, the creation myths and the other are just, they portray vitally important principles. And it's not so much that you believe that these things physically happen because we know with our knowledge of science now that that's impossible. It's just that you believe the teachings of Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, literally, and you don't believe in the physical resurrection from the dead, you are not a Christian. You're not saved. Well, that's narrow-minded. It's Bible. Are y'all with me, friends? Why would I be so strong? Because I don't want to see you going off into eternity lost and saying, why didn't somebody tell me? No. Jesus said, I am the way. Not a way. Not one of many. The way, the truth, the life, the light. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. Now, you either believe that or you don't. Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am the one, you will die in your sins. That means unforgiven, not saved. I know this is unpopular, but it's truth. Why would you get into this? Because if you don't believe in the virgin birth, which is a miracle, you don't believe in the physical resurrection from the dead, which is a miracle. You don't believe in the the heavens and the earth being created by the spoken word of God, then you just don't believe in God. You're an unbeliever. You're not in the family of God. You're outside. You're lost. It's sad. It's terrible. But it's a choice. And sometimes I've heard people say, well, I'm sorry, preacher, but I I just can't believe that. I mean, I'm too intelligent to believe that. (laughs) It's not the word I'd use. (laughs) But by nature of what faith is, it's not true that you can't believe it. Faith is a choice. 
You're choosing not to believe it. You could believe it if you'd choose to. And if, if God has done all these things that the Bible reveals, and he never changes, then he still wants to do some miracles. Anybody with me now? He still wants to do some things that make you wonder. Some things that make you go, wow. Whoa. Did you see that? Did you feel that? Whoa. But when God really starts moving, it scares people. You got a choice as to whether you want to go with it or whether you don't. And it's a lot more comfortable to just be intellectual. (laughs) But is that as far as we want to go? How many want to go farther? Huh? How many want to experience the power of God? The reason I've taken so much time up to this point talking about you have to make a choice inside yourself that you have faith in the power of God. Come on, I'm going to ask you right now what you want to do with it. If you want to do it, let's say it together. Say, I believe. I I have faith faith in the living God, God, creator creator of heavens and earth. I have faith faith in the power power of God. God. All things things are possible possible with God. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too hard. I believe in the power of God. I want the Holy Spirit to smile when he thinks about Faith Life Church. In Branson and Sarasota and everybody that I want him to smile because he, he, I want him to immediately feel comfortable with us and think, oh yeah, yeah, they believe in me. Yeah, they'll work with me. They'll actually yield to me. Yes, I want to do something. They'll let me do it. What do you mean, let me do it? That's how it is. You can shut him up. Or you can yield to him. I'm not just talking about in church at the service. I'm talking about Monday afternoon. I'm talking about Tuesday night. I'm talking about anywhere, anytime. Because these manifestations don't just happen in church. They can happen at times you wouldn't think they would happen. I mean, a lot of times, you know, Phyllis and I both, I'll get a word of knowledge flying in the plane. I'll get a revelation sitting at a signal light waiting for it to change. I'll get something that there's no way I could have known that. There's no way we could have known that. You just know maybe it's something you've been looking to the answer to for weeks or months and then all at once, got it. Hallelujah. Just got it. Or something you didn't even know was going on and the Lord brings somebody to your attention and so you just check on them and they go, why are you checking on me? How'd you know? Well, I didn't. That's right. But he does. Somebody say, he does. He does. That's not just for preachers. That's right. That's for believers. Amen. That's right. It's for believers. Let's talk some about 
the workings of miracles. My, my, my. I keep taking all these side journeys. It could take us a while to get through this. But would you care? The Lord tears is coming. Maybe you can come back for more. My understanding of these things, uh, some of it's personal. A lot of it I was influenced by two other individuals. One was, you probably would expect, Kenneth E. Hagin, who had personal experience in some of these manifestations. He also was influenced by Brother Howard Carter. And uh, Brother Howard Carter has a book on the gifts of the Spirit, and Brother Hagin has materials on the gifts of the Spirit. If you're interested to pursue it, I recommend both of these, Brother Howard Carter and Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. But uh, Brother Carter said this about the um, defining the workings of miracles. He said the working of miracles is the supernatural demonstration of the power of God. Now he goes on, I'm just pausing here to talk about this. Demonstration is a good word because it's akin to manifestation. Manifestation is showing something or revealing something. Demonstration is a similar idea. God demonstrates. God manifests of his things in this world, in this physical realm. He goes on to say, it's a supernatural demonstration of the power of God by which the laws of nature are altered suspended or controlled working of miracles it is a mighty gift glorifying the God of all power stimulating the faith of his people and astonishing and confounding the unbelief of the wicked (laughs) you see why I read this to you how about I read it again We're defining, we're answering, what is the workings of miracles? He said, it's a supernatural demonstration of the power of God, by which the laws of nature are altered, suspended, or controlled. So when people say that's impossible, they're saying that's contrary to the established laws that they know or that we know. But they fail to realize or acknowledge where did the laws come from. For instance, Joshua was in the middle of a battle one day. Anybody remember? And he was doing good, but he was running out of daylight. Huh? Anybody remember this? Have you read this? What did he do? He looked up into the sky and he spoke to the sun. He said, Sun, you stand still. In other words, I got to have time. I got to finish this. So, Sun, of course, you know, it's it's a long ways from Earth. (laughs) to the sun and the Bible said it did for about the space of what a whole day 
On another occasion, king, prophet and the king were having a conversation, and from the word of the Lord, he asked him about a sign, and so he told him, he said, the sundial is going to go backwards. And of course, there are people who jump all over this, and they go, are you nuts? Are you crazy? <laughs> if any of the heavenly bodies, the planets, stopped going in that direction and started going the other direction, there would be massive collisions and it would all be over. Again, you fail to realize that if somebody knows how to put it in drive, why wouldn't they know how to put it in reverse? See, people are assuming Well, it's always been that way. No, even people who study these things, even unbelievers would acknowledge it hasn't always been this way. Well, what started it? What got it going? Well, it was a big bang. Maybe there was. What caused it? And so if something's a theory, don't try to push it off on us like it's science fact. If it's unproven, if it's unknown, no, it's a belief. That the universe is self-created. It's a belief. It's not science. And we've chosen to believe what Genesis said. That God spoke it into existence by his mighty power. Oh, come on, friends. What kind of power are we talking about? That keeps all of this Together, going. I heard somebody trying to describe the other day in science about, you know, atoms and and, um, things on cellular levels. What keeps them together? What keeps them orbiting, you know, this part orbiting this part? What keeps it from just flying apart? (laughs) It's a question has not been answered. By those who study these things. I gave her the answer about 15 minutes ago. It's held together. By the power. Of his word. The word that he spoke. That brought it into existence. Keeps it in existence. Not only do we owe our existence to God. We owe our continued existence. Every second. Take a breath. You should say thank you. (laughs) To who? It ain't your oxygen you breathe. You didn't create gravity. What's holding your cells together? How could you have a coherent thought? There's so many things. People say, well, there's no proof of God. That's because you ain't got eyes to see. You're standing on proof of God. You are proof of God. You're breathing proof of God. It's everywhere. It's all around you. And the one who did all this has not stopped. Has not lost his touch. He still manifests himself. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
People say, well, how did he do that? How did the sun stand still? That's just, it doesn't make sense. No, don't say it doesn't make sense. Show some humility and say you don't understand. That you don't know everything. I assure you, for us as believers, for the first several thousand years after we leave here and get to heaven and get to the Lord, every, just, just every so often we're going to go, oh, oh, that's why. That's how. Oh, somebody said, well, it's impossible. No, it's obviously not impossible if God can do it. Well, how does he do it? He knows how. If you saw it like he saw it, it wouldn't look magical to you. But it'd still be awesome to you. You'd still go, whoa. I understand it a little better, but man, this is something. This is amazing. Somebody say, glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your power, your miracle-working power. Hallelujah. Now, working of miracles. Go to 2 Kings, the second chapter. 2 Kings. In 2 Kings 2, and I believe it's about verse 13, let's look at an example of working of miracles. You'll find it in the Old Testament. You'll find all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament except for tongues and interpretation. That's distinctive of our age. But the other seven, you'll find them. Because the Holy Spirit's been here ever since he moved on the face of the deep. And God's done miracles all this time. This is the account where the prophet Elijah was taken up by a whirlwind. You believe that? This is amazing. This is not a uh, earth vehicle that picked him up. Wow. (laughs) You know, Ezekiel saw something. He said, made a lot of noise. And it looked like a wheel within a wheel. And it lifted up. And it moved this way. And this was like lightning. Somebody said, well... Those are like uh, extraterrestrials. Yeah. But not like people have imagined. It's like the scripture says. Angelic beings. And Elijah gets picked up by a chariot. Someone said, well, they call it a chariot. Well, there were no cars in those days. So you're not going to call it an automobile. You're not going to call it a pickup. (laughs) the vehicles that you rode in other than just sitting on a horse or a donkey was a chariot or a wagon and so it was a chariot of fire wow picked him up took off with him they left and Elijah's mantle came falling back down representing anointings. And apparently the anointings we need for earth and our service, you don't need to take them with you. Because they're anointings for service on the earth 
And so it comes on somebody else to continue the job. Come on, can you see this? And it doesn't come by claiming somebody's anointing. I'm going to claim that. I'm going to get that. You probably don't even know what you're talking about. No, Elisha was called to this. Supernatural call. And he had been in close proximity to him for years. And has been trained and prepared for this. He has a similar call. He has preparation and training. He's shown some faithfulness. It's not just some random transfer. But this mantle comes falling down out of the sky. Now there's also a type here. After Jesus was taken up. Not long after that, the Holy Spirit came down. Come on, you remember that? In the upper room and set on all of them. Right. That's right. Elisha is standing out here with his mouth hanging open. (laughs) He ain't never seen anything like this. Nobody else had. But he knows he's not hallucinating. He saw what he just saw. Besides that, Elijah's gone. He's gone. And you know, after some of them said, let's go see if we can find him. And he said, no, don't go. And they said, we want to go. And he said, you ain't going to find him. And so they went and guess what? They didn't find him. (laughs) But he picked up the mantle that fell from Elijah. He went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Keep reading. He took that mantle of Elijah that fell from him. It's going to be like an overcoat or a cloak. And he smoked the waters with it and he said, where's the Lord God of Elijah? And when he said that, he smoked the waters, they parted over here and over there. Just like what had happened with Elijah. This is a working of miracles. Why do you say that? Working means the human party does something. If this had been special faith, he wouldn't have smitten it with the mantle. He'd have just spoken to it. There are differences of gifts, differences of ministries, differences of operations. But it's the same God. It's the same Lord. It's the same Holy Spirit. This is something that happened when the man did something. You'll see the same kind of thing happened with Moses. Through God's people being delivered from Egypt. He took that staff. You remember that? Right. And he would stretch out that staff. And he threw it down. And this happened. And he would you know, wave it over this. And he would. Well when the man did their part. Then God did his part. Right. The man did something that was a working. That was an operation. And then God did the operation only he can do. Right. His power. This is not a magical power that an individual has and can use at will. Jesus himself said, I can do nothing of myself. Jesus did not just heal people or work miracles as he decided to day in, day out. 
That's right. It's been preached that way, but he contradicts that with his own words. He said he couldn't. Why? Because he became a man. He didn't stop being God, but he emptied himself. One translation of Philippians says, and became like other men. Elsewise, why would he need to be anointed of the Holy Spirit when he was baptized in the river? If he's functioning as God, he doesn't need to be anointed. That's right. The anointer doesn't need to be anointed. Right? That's right. But he needed to be anointed, and even though you'll hear some apocryphal writings that have Jesus raising little birds from the dead or healing his play friend as a child, they are not true. I said they are not true because the scripture says in John that the turning of the water into wine at the wedding feast was the first miracle. And when did that happen? After he was baptized in the river Jordan and the Spirit of God came on him in the bodily shape and form as a dove. He was anointed. That's when he stood up right after that and he said the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. And that's when we begin to see miracles, signs and wonders, healings, Dead being raised. Why? And he went on to say, you know, in John 14, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. Huh? Most people don't even believe that, do they? The works I do. Well, he did some works. Is that right? He did some work. The works I do, you'll do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. If he's doing that as God, there's no way we can believe that. I can't do what God did. But if he did it as a man, anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he would anoint us with that same Spirit, and give us the authority of his own name, we see the glorious possibilities of walking even as he walked. That includes workings of miracles. Hallelujah. He used that mantle. He smote the waters. And you, you'll see without taking the time to go through them. But you'll see other instances of these things in his ministry. There was one day they were eating some stew. You remember this? And one of the guys said, there's poisonous mushrooms in this stuff. He said, give me some meal. So it was either, you know, some kind of a grain that was mealed. We might think like cornmeal or something. He just took some of it and he threw it in there. He said, now eat all you want. It'll be fine. (laughs) Well, you need to trust your preacher at that point. Is that right? (laughs) They did. They reached over and got him some big bowls full of it. And there was no harm. Why? This is a working of miracles. Because he took something physical. He put it in there. And when he did that action, that working, God manifested something in the pot. You believe it or not? Also, uh, you remember that... uh, On another occasion, a man was cutting trees, and the axe head flew off. Anybody remember that? And it hit the water that was nearby. Anybody knows what happens when a heavy metal axe head 
hits the water. Can anybody know? Bloop. Right? And the man yelled, oh no, I borrowed that axe. Now you got to remember in those days, you didn't just go to Walmart and buy your new axe. I mean, iron and metal working tools, they were prized and then they didn't come easily or cheap. So he's borrowing one. He didn't have, didn't have one of his own perhaps. And so uh, he said, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And the prophet said, where did it go in? Now, you, the, the guy's probably thinking, uh, why? You know, we, we going diving? I mean, what? Is the prophet going diving? He said, show me where it went in it. Right, right. Now, let, let's, let's just stop right here. You've read the story, perhaps. But is the prophet's involvement a key here? Yes. Sure, sure. Is this all God? No. There's a manward part. Right. And so he said, it went in right over there, prophet. The prophet took a stick and he threw it where it went in. And the Bible says that the axe head comes swimming off the bottom up to the top of the water like a fish. And it was so amazing, the prophet had to tell the man, get it. Pick it up. Because I'm sure that the guy was going, huh? What? Because that kind of thing can spook people. It can really, you go, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And people will tell you, that's impossible. It's heavier than water. And, And that's just the laws. Yeah, but you're not taking into account. Somebody made the laws, made the water, made the metal. Come on, say that loud. If you can put it in drive, you can put it in reverse. Is that right? If you know how to do one, you know how to do the other. So the man reached out, he got it, took it. A working of miracles. Oftentimes these gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, they work together. Like a, a, a gift of healing and a working of miracles might work at the same time. Special faith and working of miracles. Right. We're, we're separating them to talk about them, to teach on them, but they don't just happen independently. They can happen three or four of them, five of them could happen at once mm-hmm. together. And you'll see sometimes working of miracles involved in what we'd call a healing. You remember that uh, Naaman, who came in Elisha's ministry too, the prophet's ministry, I should say, he came and he told him to go wash in the river. Well, he didn't want to do that, but he did. And as he was washing, his skin became like a child's. Jesus put mud in the man's eye. Right? Right? That he made out of spit and dirt. Sounds quite unsanitary. But I assure you, if it was your eyes that got open, you wouldn't have any problem. You say, Jesus, you can mud me up anytime, anytime you think it's good. (laughs) But I think there's more to it than that. There always is. We, our bodies are made out of dirt, out of soil. I, just my thinking, I suspect something was missing in this man's eyes. Some kind of body part. How many know if God can make an eye, 
the original eyes of Adam were made out of soil. Then if there's something was missing in this man's eyes, didn't have pupils, didn't have an eye part, whatever the case might be, he put that in there. He said, go wash it off. Something happened. Is that right? And when he washed, he came seeing. Somebody say, miracles, 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 working of miracles. There was something a man did, and then there's something that God did. Workings of miracles. Go to Acts, the fifth chapter. Let me give you just a little bit more here. Acts chapter 5. The book of Acts is full of this. Almost every chapter talks about the Holy Spirit and something he said or something he did. And this is the beginnings of the same church you and I are a part of. The church still going on today, still being added to today. And uh, in Acts 5, I want you to see something in the, in the New Testament here before we get away. I've already mentioned some uh, a gospel account. But in Acts 5, and let's see, verse uh, 12. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought. By their what? That's something that they were doing. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, there's no man joined themselves to them, but the people magnified them. This is because Ananias and Sapphira had just fell dead not too long before. And folks were not so casual about coming and joining and, (laughs) and telling lies. Believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And what happened? What happened? They were healed what? Every one of how many? Multitudes. A multitude is hundreds or thousands. What's plural? Multitudes. You're talking for sure thousands of people here. Thousands. And what happened to them? They were healed? Every one. A bunch of them got healed how? Peter's shadow. Shadow. There's my shadow right there. Because of these TV lights. The shadow. There it is right there. What, what happened? Do you believe the Bible or not? When he got close enough in proximity to them that the shadow came over them, the power of God manifested in their body. Did Peter do this? He did not. All he did was provide the shadow. (laughs) And believe God. Of course who gave him a shadow? Who gave him a body to cast a shadow? Who gave him the star, the sun to shine, to give the shadow? He's a participant. But you don't try to take too much credit. But can you see they didn't get healed just because they were brought out there. 
They didn't just get healed because of the things were going on. It only happened exactly when the shadow fell across them. And at that moment, the working of the shadow coming across them was met by the manifestation of the power of God. And if they were blind, they could see. If they were deaf, they could hear. If they had terminal cancer, they felt good again. They were clean. If they couldn't walk, they could stand up. Has God changed? Would he still want to do things like this today? But it's been a problem of folks that even believe in these things. Are folks that would even be open. I've seen some things happen, a few of these things, and people just get flat scared and go, oh, I don't want to be a part of that. Oh, that's spooky. That's spooky. We, we heard some outstanding testimonies just from last Friday night. Some amazing things, some things that were a certain way for years and years, and just in a moment of time, they're not that way anymore. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. I believe we're going to get a lot of testimonies. More and more. And you want to be open. You want to be aware. And it's not a matter of you and I trying to work up a miracle. You can't make a miracle happen. What you can do though is stay prayed up. Stay prayed up. Stay aware. And when the Lord prompts you to do something. You just do what he prompted you to do. The key is exactly what Jesus' mother told them. You know what happened with the first working of miracles in Jesus' earthly ministry? They were at the wedding feast. Do you remember this? And Jesus' mother leaned over and said, they just ran out of wine. They're out. And he said, well, what's that to us? And so she didn't try to push him. She just turned and said to the other guys, whatever he tells you to do. You do it. That's the key to miracles. It's no harder than that. But. Whatever he says to you. Do it. That means you have to hear from him. That's why people trying to make things happen. Have been unsuccessful. They got something in their mind. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do this. No, no. You got to hear from him. You have to hear from him. I'm not talking about an audible voice, but you've got to hear from him. That's right. That's right. And at one point he turns to him and says, go fill the water pots with water. It's not just a matter of turning on the tap and putting the hose in them. They'd hold what? You know, 30 plus gallons a piece. These are big uh, vessels and there's several of them. They had to go to the well. They had to draw the water up, bucket at a time. They had to tote it all the way back. They had to pour a bucket. That's one bucket. In one vessel. It took some sweat. It took some effort. It took some work. King. Working. You still don't have a miracle. They said, okay, we got it. Got them full up. H2O. There it is. He said, okay. Now, uh, take some out and go serve it to the governor of the feast. Well, he's not drinking water. (laughs) Go serve it to him. Tell me the key to a miracle. Whatever he says to you, do it. We got to get rid of this idea that we're going to have to work up and create a miracle. No, God does the miracle. 
That's right. But we do have a part. That's right. We got to hear from him mm-hmm. and do. It may seem like such a simple thing. Right. Dip some of it out. Mm-hmm. Put it in a cup. Right. Take it to him and right. say, here you go. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he took it. They did it. The governor of the feast took it. Took a big swig. He said, wow. You have saved the best wine for last. Right. And the guys that filled up the water pots, they looked at each other and said, Wine? They knew it came straight out of the well. H2O, it's been H2O all their life and all granddaddy's life. Wine? Wine? Somebody say miracle. Miracle? Miracle? Miracle. It didn't slowly evolve into something else just like that. It is, in the governor's estimation, the best. Thank you, Father. The working of miracles. Something God has always done. He never changes. You and I are going to believe to see more of it. Right? You and I are going to pray and expect more of it. Stand on your feet, everybody. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.